0: Welcome to the Gate 7 International Podcast, your official English source for all things Olympiakos FC and Greek football.
1: The first day of training is when I realized, oh, this is why they win the league every year.
0: When I, I spoke with Kevin, if i going to sign or no for Olympiacos, I you're a crazy good deal, like my friend. I can't
1: speak, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> panda, <laughs> <Hey, Lala Malaka! laughs>
0: What's up, guys? Gate 7 International solo show today. Just me and the blue and white talking about the Greek national team. If you guys haven't done so already, don't forget to like and subscribe at the bottom. This show continues to get bigger and bigger. The community gets bigger and bigger, and we want this to be the biggest international community. We can make it for all Olympiacos and Greek football-related things. And for you bettors out there, we had a couple of betting lines out there before the game today. We do them before every match week. BetUS, Gate7International is the promo code, betus.com.pa and if our teams don't win maybe we can help you at least make a little money so check the promo code visit the link and let's see what we can do i'll drop the link soon you guys can chat with us i see our good buddy stell is already waiting in the comments stadium is on fire he's excited so it's a shame lombro isn't here to join him but we'll uh, i'll be dropping the link in here if you want to join if you want to chat about what you saw the link has been dropped. Come on. Stell, get on here, buddy. I know you're dying to get on here and talk. Greece's unbeaten streak ends in the UEFA Nations League competition. Unfortunately, we saw that the lineup going into it, into the game today was a full-strength lineup, and understandably so. Gus Poyet wanted to keep the momentum going. Fine by us. Unfortunately, we didn't get the win today. A little controversy with the goal that was called back. We'll get into that a little bit today, but it's times like these where the guys that wanted to see more rotation seem to be the ones that are probably going to be the more, more upset today because when you're losing a game like this, a game that in the end really didn't matter, it is a little bit upsetting because if you're going to lose, you might as well see some rotation. But in the end, the defeat is inconsequential for us. Would we have liked to finish this undefeated? Yeah, it would have been cool. But in the end, it's inconsequential. We won the group, so we've already gotten promotion, and we have we are already going to be benefiting from the effects of winning this group. And for those of you, there's confusion every single time we discuss the Nations League. There's always confusion about what this means for the for the uh, euros, the UEFA euros. So what your the nation's League means when you win your group is that it basically gets you a second chance for qualification into the euros. So if you don't make it through qualification, through the normal uh, competition, the group stage of qualification, This is another avenue for playoffs. Because remember, the playoff system isn't based on how you do in qualifiers. It's based on how you do in Nations League. So if Greece is unable to qualify for the Euro Cup, then what this means is that we get a second chance. If we don't qualify, if we don't get the top two spots in our group, we go through a playoff with the other League C winners of their groups and we still have a chance to qualify for one of the last spots available for the Euros in 2024. Stel's here getting ready, getting his MacBook out. We'll hear, hear him beating his chest. Look at my eyes. you see chunks with the screamer today? Back again. I didn't watch Greece, but I want to say that Ledner is an amazing player, and what do Rubiakos need on the left side? Yeah. Some said he wasn't fit to play for Rubiakos, but he seems to be doing well for Israel. Eh, What am I going to tell you that? The passport situation hopefully gets worked out soon. That will be a boon for us. But going back to the Greek national team. I If I don't sound like I'm upset, guys, it's because I'm not. I'm not really upset. Of course, I wanted the team to win. But like I told you guys before, the result was for this game. Inconsequential. We already won this group. Would have been great to win, but. I think some of the players out there, they, they were playing the game, but I don't think they cared as much for the win. You can't say we didn't have enough opportunities, because we did. We had plenty of opportunities to score. We just couldn't score them. Cypress had a couple of great opportunities as well. In fact, in the first half, they had three wonderful opportunities. Some people would say maybe that they could have had another one. I'm sure Stell will tell us that when he gets on here speak of the devil he's already here how you doing buddy
1: i'm good mate yourself
0: <laughs> all things considered i'm not unhappy we didn't need to win this game i would have liked to see us go unbeaten still the best defense in league c but hey what can i say this mate is-
1: do you know what i'm I'm never usually bothered when it comes to internationals i hate international friendlies i hate nations league i hate to be honest i only watch the major tournaments when Cyprus played Greece, especially since knowing you guys, I want us to win just to piss you off. That's it. I, I, don't, give a, I don't give a shit about anything else. We could lose to Northern Ireland or something. As we beat you, just piss you off. That's all that matters. <laughs> I, I just want Gosta to show his face as well. <laughs> Uh Gosta
0: well funny enough that you bring Gosta. up. Gosta's actually uh he is on the Door on Tour show right now talking about the Libyakos Nottingham Forest relationship with the Forest fans. Uh, and for everybody that's listening on Sunday, we're actually gonna have him on our show getting asking him questions from the Libyakos perspective. So that's gonna be a fun one. Nice. He's over there now. Mr. Door will be with us tomorrow. Uh, normal, normal time that we do broadcast, but uh, Costa might peer his head in afterwards if he's up for it, but we'll see, we'll see. But uh, your boy, your boy Louis Zou had almost had one too, right before the goal today. Well, my my boy Johnny's got the winner,
1: you know. <laughs> yes, he did. Um, do you yes, know the, the thing is, Ari, like when uh, I've, I've never been the most patriotic person, especially when it comes to the separate national team, and that's probably because. My club is one of the most detested on the island, and let, let's get it right. Over the years, Cyprus haven't been good. They they really haven't been good. And it re- you look at the attendances; they've been low. These games, they're not at the Gazibir, they're at the Aica Arena, which is a smaller stadium. No one really cares, you know. And it's sad; it's very sad. But on the positive side, we've got a lot of good youngsters coming f- coming through. Um, we saw Johnny's. He's now in MLS at the moment. Uh, Gadelari is playing in Belgium. Uh, you know, okay, Gastanos is, is fairly experienced, but he's been playing in Serie A and Serie B for a few years now. So there is something to be excited about. But then the moment they, they bring in Ketspire as head coach, you're thinking, what the fuck is going on, man? But listen, he got the job done today and it was a typical Ketspire performance as well. Anyway. Yeah.
0: It is what it is. I want to get your take because there was there's been there were discussions, uh, some people messaging us asking us about the disallowed goal. So as somebody that was rooting for Cyprus, how did you see the disallowed goal?
1: I was confused. <laughs> well, I me I, too. So, so. I, I didn't know what, what happened, and then I watched the replay. I'm thinking the only thing I can assume is that perhaps Bani's vision was was obscured by the whoever was in front of him but he got nowhere near it so no it's it's not as if he knew nothing about it he, he knew he just misjudged the bounce so it was very very strange but i'm surprised they didn't have var and again i don't pay attention to the nation's league so i don't know if var is the announcer is... said it was there
0: <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> so i do where was the referee from uh, that's a good question i can i can pull that up where I was the referee remember.
1: from Tell me he I... was Russian. Please tell me he was Stop. Russian. Please tell uh, me he was Alexei Russian. Alexey
0: Kolbakov was his name. <laughs> if he's <laughs> Russian.
1: <laughs> Belarus, uh, Belarusian football referee. Same shit. Same it... <laughs> shit. No disrespect. Same fucking shit. Yeah, he's, he's, had, he's had a brown envelope. The the,
0: the, the the anchor that we had that was, that was casting the game... He had brought up that VAR was there. It wasn't. It wasn't used. I think because the the guys in the back were talking to the referee, the the VAR reps. Uh, and at first, he said maybe he's what he was saying that the the reasoning for disallowing the goal was that uh, I believe it was Khadzi Diakos was the one that was in the offside position. His movement of impacted the goalkeeper, like it made him flinch. But when they zoomed in. The goalkeeper's not even looking at him. He's looking at the ball. So I I, I thought that that was a a wrong call, a wrong decision. I thought that goal should have been allowed. But we had plenty of opportunities to score that we didn't take in the end. You know, it was a bad call, but I don't blame that decision. I blame our finishing on why we didn't get the result.
1: Well, I I have my suspicions. I have my (laughs) suspicions as to why that goal was disallowed. So, you know... I'm not going to say any. I don't want to get you uh, sued.
0: <laughs> uh, uh, what will happen? It gets. It, it might get flagged. Here we go. You mentioned
1: Russia. Well, look, uh, look I, I'm. I'm going to sidestep this a little bit, right? And uh, we played. on here. We played the Sheriff in the Europa League a, a couple of weeks ago, and we lost three 0 And one of the Sheriff players who scored the second goal was on loan with us last season, and he got. He got racially abused by some of our fans. And I use the term fans loosely because, you know, I don't see them as supporters. I just see them as as Neanderthals. I see them as barbarians. You know, that's that's bullshit. But um, what made me chuckle was the fact that UEFA are now threatening to give us a two-year, st- uh, not stadium ban, but to shut down one of the stands. Because when the player was celebrating, a cup of water was thrown, and it hit the assistant referee. And the game was, like, postponed for about 20 minutes. This was Cyprus or Ammonia? In Cyprus, Ammonia. Oh, wow. We played Sheriff. That's what I'm saying. During the game, when the player celebrated, he was getting racially abused by a few fans. But it was the assistant referee that was hit by a cup of water. And as a result of that, we might get a ban, like what the West Stand, to be shut down for a couple years in European games. I'm thinking... So what's more important, uh, racism or a uh, linesman being hit by a cup of water? And this is talk about the priorities of UEFA, man. I mean, we, we're opening a can of worms here, but this one I'm saying the priorities are all over the place. So when yeah. I see a, a goal disallowed like that in a game, which isn't really, there isn't much attention. It's not as if it was Czech Republic, Portugal or right. Germany. And there wherever, wasn't anything whatever. at stake
0: really either. <laughs> exactly.
1: You know I mean, so so I, I get, I suspect there's been a conversation in the background with referees and betting companies and that that's what i think anyway i assume i suspect there you go i'm using terms that can't get anyone sued so
0: there you go uh, the lines were good i got money i got I made money off of the it wasn't the way i thought it was going to go uh, mm-hmm. i think it would the i took the line for uh, a goal to be scored in the first half Okay. I thought it was Greece that would score, but hey, I still, still got, got something out of it, so I'll take it. I will take it. Yeah. Dawn of the Blackhearts coming in. Haven't seen you in a while, buddy. This game was so bad, if I didn't know, I would have thought it was amateur and no professional teams and players. Always comes in with the, the tough comments here, this
1: guy. I, I'd like to know how many bets were made um, for fouls in the game, because it's almost as if every time a player was touched, they went down. Looking for yeah. a free kick from both, from both teams, not just ours.
0: Yeah, there were thirty-five fouls called. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. Hey, this. I, I'm just
1: saying. I'm, you know.
0: thirty-five fouls. That's that's crazy. I didn't see actually. There was no prop for me on Bet US at least. Uh, <laughs> shameless plug. I didn't see anything for fouls for this game. Uh, there weren't a lot. They didn't have a lot of props for
1: the Nations League games, but <laughs> thirty-five. Man. Whew. What was the game plan for Greece, do you reckon? Because the first 15, 20 minutes, it just so can get the ball out wide and put it in a box. Uh, yeah, that's, that's,
0: how it's, that's how it looked to me. I mean, it's no different. I mean, naturally, our wing backs are some of the strongest creative areas on this team right now, with George Baldock on the right and Kostas on the left. We had posted some stats before the game. Cosas is, Simicas is not only the 1v1 dribbling leader on the team, but he's one of the dribbling leaders in the in League C, period. So it was expected for me, at least, that, that from the wings was where things were going to happen for us. We don't really have, uh, you know, unfortunately, Cosas Fortunis. God knows if he's ever going to play first team football again anywhere. We don't really have a lot of creative tens available. We have Tassos uh, Pacasetas, who... In his best is a second striker, but sometimes gets used in that position. And you saw today, again, if the guy's not scoring goals, if he's not getting the opportunities, he can only play what's in, in front of him. So if he's not scoring those goals, taking some of those opportunities, we're we're not going to get much else out of him. So otherwise, it has to come out of the wings. Belkas, uh, for what it's worth, he's a pretty great. He had a couple of great opportunities. He had that one opportunity. Literally, the ball is played from Baldock right to him in front of goal, and he just completely whiffs it. He whiffed another chance later on. I mean, this guy, ugh, the, the chances that, not just him, the chances that were wasted today were mind-boggling.
1: Which, um, which channel did you watch the game on? Which station was it on
0: that you were watching I had, uh, So here in the United States, it's Fubo. Uh, right. They have the rights with, uh, I think it's with CBS. Right. Uh, They share the rights, but they don't. But CBS doesn't play any of the Nations League games except for the really big ones. Fubo gets the
1: rest. Right. Because I was watching it on Astro Sports, which I think is a, if I'm not mistaken, it's a Malaysian channel, I think, Stadium Astro. Mm -hmm. And it was a, a, a British commentator. And I sit there, I think. You look at all the great commentators, they do their research before the games, they, they know about the players, although okay, they've researched about the players. I wouldn't say they know them, but at least they do a bit of research. And look, I don't expect the commentators to know much about the Cypriot national team and the players, but they're talking about Roberge, the, the defender that made his debut for us. He's French, right? The guy didn't mention that because he's 35 years old and he's making his debut for the Cypriot national team. And I'm like, he's played in Cyprus for six years for our but he's French. He played for Sunderland before that with Mavrias, believe it or not. Um, and that's why he qualifies to play for Cyprus. He's played f- for six years and he's making his debut. And I'm sitting there thinking, well, all right. So he's got that one kind of right. And he's always like, oh, an in- inexperienced player at this level. And it's a completely different backline for the Cypriot national team. True. They've never played that back line before. But his central defensive partner, Gadelares, he played with him last season when he won the Liga Abolona. honor So again... The, the research is is minimal, and again, I don't expect them to to come up with all these stats and all that. But as someone that perhaps wanted to sit down and watch this game for betting purposes, for example, you know, you might want to know a little bit more about these players. He didn't mention about the your goalkeeper that's at Benfica. He mentioned Simic Liverpool, of course. But oh, honestly, that's how think- it always
0: is, man. When ESPN, when ESPN had the games last season, or before this year we'll say before the nation the current nations league, it was the same thing. you could only hear about the players that did something in the u k if they did nothing yeah. in the u k or in one of the other top leagues we'll say spain or or even Germany or Italy, they knew nothing about them they could they yeah. didn't have anything to say. They would bring up stuff about buchalakis from Nottingham Forest. This guy played yeah. champions League, and you can only yeah. bring up from what he did in in second division in the u k Ah, uh, that's this that's how it is,
1: Mav- always, man. This commentator was who at Mavrobanos and he goes, "Oh, he was very unlucky at Arsenal, but it was just one of those things." I'm thinking, "What do you mean by one of those things? Do you, do you not know <laughs> the the backstory of Mavrobanos? That he was injury prone, and then he went to yeah. Stuttgart, and then he came back, and he went back again. Like, <laughs> honestly, you know, I, I sit and think, you know, we've got our own podcast, and while we're football fans, I, I like to think that we know a little bit." about our teams and, and our opponents. And we do a deep dive as, as you do whenever Olympia goes to sign a new player, you, you deep dive into them. I'm thinking, do these commentators do anything like that? Do they do their research? Do they, you know? But, uh, another example, another one. Again, back to the morning, we played Sheriff. And then they played Man United a couple of weeks later. And all I was hearing is, oh, this Sheriff beat Real Madrid last season in the Champions League. And I'm thinking, motherfucker, 15 players have come and gone from that team that beat Real Madrid. A new head coach has, has been brought in. It's a completely new team. So, this whole you know, narrative oh, you know, they beat Real Madrid last season. Well, if it was the same core group of players, I would say, yeah, fine. You, you can have that discussion. But it's not.
0: Yeah, I mean,. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, man. I, I don't think they do their research personally because some they of the stuff are, that man. comes out of their mouth, you, you sit there and you're like – like, all it takes is like a go- a quick Google. <laughs> just a yeah. quick Google, man. What yeah. it will take you, maybe five, six, seven minutes before you go live yeah. to, to just rem- to do this stuff. I mean I know th- doing things on the fly, sometimes you forget things, so maybe they do. But it happens enough to where I think they they probably don't. But that's, so, uh, that's more
1: that's more my opinion. There's a commentator in the UK called uh, Clive Tildesley. I don't know if you've heard of him. Um, he's been doing commentary for decades. And he did this... Um, I, don't know, I don't know how we even go on to this subject, actually. But um, he did this little profile of what he does like, in terms of his preparation before games. And he's got this notebook. And he writes down the name of every player in the squad. right? And beside it, he has little... You know, one liners like, for example, this guy has got thirty caps for his country, and this one played for that team before. And just little things, but it it kills the um the uh, the white noise. Right. Do
0: you know what I mean?
1: But these yeah. commentators, it's like you know, every time Bulldog got the ball, he plays with Sheffield United. All right, we know this. You said it once. You said it twice. He <laughs> doesn't sound like a Greek name either, so you have got to think, you know. But again, I don't expect them to know much about the Cypriot national team players, but. You know, there's, we've we've got quite a few players that have played in Europe, have played in you know European games. So again, it's just it's just laziness. And it, it look, I don't expect them to know everything. But again, for someone that is perhaps interested in the game for whatever reason, I mean, if I watch, I don't know Albania against Moldova, I, I won't really know any of their players. But if there's a commentator that knows a few little facts about each player, or maybe. 10 out of the 22 that are on the pitch, then, yeah, I'll, I'll get into it a bit more. But it's, it's just like, you know, anyone could be a fucking commentator these days, man. Honestly, it's ridiculous. Fucking ridiculous. It is. It is. I mean, Lombro's doing it. It says it all. He was. He's been in the press <laughs> box. Yeah, he actually,
0: he's been pretty good at it. Sometimes sometimes it's questionable, but you know what? He, he did it. He did it. The energy was great, so the we could see in there soon. The stadium's, the stadium's on fire, the greatest uh, that's brilliant that's the, line. <laughs> the remix fun. you did was fantastic it was so <laughs> funny guys if you haven't seen that you have to follow uh stell on instagram it's he's at it's at chase stell correct c-h-e-s-t-e-l yeah, right. <S-T-E-L. check yeah, it I out see it. and see that video he did the remix he did with lombo going to stadiums on fire it is hilarious check that out <laughs> if you guys get a chance and real quick before we continue guys uh leave us your, don't forget to leave us your man of the match and coaches grade. Uh, we will go through that segment uh, towards the end as we begin to close up. But let us know what you think. How do you think Poyette did? How would you grade him from uh, setup to finish, including the substitutions? And then if you have a man of the match, I know it's hard to give a man of the match when we lose, but if there was somebody that you thought put us in the best position to win, go ahead and drop it. I also put the link in again if you want to share your opinions on the national team, whether it was the game or something else. Go ahead. The link's there in chat. Join us. We're not going to stay too long because it's just a quick post-match about the game. We are going live again tomorrow. As I mentioned, we're going to have Mr. Dor. Uh, He runs a, a very nice show, big show uh, for um, Nottingham Forest, and it'll be fun. We're going to be asking him questions uh, from the perspective of Ljubljana about Forest and the relationship between the two. So it'll be It'll be fun. There you go. I think uh, I think you got some of your. Uh, you the of this year. <laughs> there we go. See, George Halikas. It's one of the biggest nights in Libecos history after <laughs> we beat a ball of that.
1: I love that guy, man. I love that guy. Listen, You're, man. When stadium, you are in the, the stadium, on stadium fire. there's flares when, everywhere.
0: <laughs> <laughs> when you are in the stadium, though, and all of that's going on, you just get so excited, even. I mean, the game I was at uh, the the season opener against Yanina. There was only ten thousand people in the stadium, but still, the sound was pretty loud, and you do you just get lost into him. So I, I'm not going to begrudge him that. Not too much, at least. Yeah, um, he's,
1: he's given us some great memories. I must admit.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Stel, while we uh, going back to the discussion about the Greece versus Cyprus game, how did mm. you see Ketsbaya set up at least for Cyprus? Were you? A, were did you like it? At, at the when you when you first saw it and did you think it played out how you expected
1: well in all fairness anything is better than the last coach <laughs> in all fairness because <laughs> the last guy went five two three every fucking game and it was turgid it was oh my god I, and the thing is look I, I don't know if you've ever heard of ian birchinal ian Burchinal is a, is a good friend of mine and he's the forest green rovers head coach but prior to that, he was at Notts County. And before that, he was at Osterson's. He was actually Graham Potter's number two. <clears throat> and um, when uh, Valem got sacked from the Cypriot national team after a few months, this is Valem was the former coach of the Belgian under-21 national team. And we brought him in thinking, you know, we've got some good young players coming through. Give them a chance. And as they do in Cyprus after a few losses, let's get rid of him. Um, so they brought in this this guy who wasn't an to see before he was in Greece as well. And that's a, that's a fucking dinosaur. Um, so I, we tried to put in, uh, for the, for the national team job before this dickhead, before Ket Spire got the job, but obviously nepotism is rife in, in Cyprus. So obviously this guy got friend at the FA and he got the job instead. But anyway, so I think he only won two games in like 17, 18, So anyone was going to be better than this guy. So Gatsbyas come in after being sacked from Anophelesi and we're thinking, ah, shit, this guy hardly played Cypriot players. He always picked the Georgian lads because he brought in a lot of Georgian players because he's he's from Georgia, right? One of the players was his godson who he sacked. (laughs) Gacharava, he sacked him. Wow. and Ketspaar is known to be a very fiery character. He, I've spoken to many players who have played under him and they said, look, you know, he's, he's like Jekyll and Hyde. One minute he's fine and the next minute he's losing his shit. There have been times where he, even in Cyprus, he blamed one defeat on the fumes coming from a kebab shop over the road. You know, getting the smoke coming into the the changing room. Yeah. Uh, I remember a couple of seasons ago, we played them in, the, in, the, in a playoff game. And uh, he's giving one of his players a bollocking, and obviously there's no fans in the stadium because of COVID. And you hear, "You're fucking busted. You're fucking shit." I'm thinking, how are you going to motivate these players? But somehow he, he gets a tune out of many players. And um, tonight we went four three three, or it looked like a four three three, or like a four five one more than anything. And the players that he picked, Dimadao being the captain, who was his guy, at Anofose. Um, I wasn't surprised to see Gustavos I wasn't surprised to see because he always plays. And before tonight, I'm thinking, why is the guy even in the national team anymore? I don't, I don't see the fuss. But it's almost as if he was prime Zidane first half. I yeah. couldn't believe it. I'm thinking, yeah, who I, is this I, guy?
0: Yeah, I was who watching. I was like, man, this guy, this guy's interesting. He's given us, especially after the goal, he was giving us,
1: uh, he was giving us a real racket. I, I've, I haven't seen him play this well ever. <laughs> Ever so I I I don't know where that came from. Johnny's was was fantastic, yeah. but we we know what he's about. You know, as Monia fans, we've seen week what well, we saw him week in week out, and the, the the type of goal that he scored, the diagonal run in between the centre backs. That's, that's oh he cooked Mavro Banos. He just yeah. went right around him. Looked like he was yeah. Still. He's very quick. Do you know what the funny thing is? I, I joke about it, but he he reminds me of how G Sung Park was at United. You know, on that left hand side, making those diagonal runs. He was very quick, low centre of gravity, like to track back chipped in with goals um but yeah he's a, he's a good player lois had the chance prior to the goal which obviously yeah. was quite disappointing not to put in the back of it i think he did well in all fairness bearing in mind that i think he's only played what two four games this season the angle was tough too yeah i mean he should have done better he should have hit the target as far as i'm concerned but you know there was that there was the opportunity afterwards from uh Soderio, another player who Blimey, he's he's been in Denmark. He played in Bulgaria. He's now in Japan. Um, so again, a journeyman. But again, he he did a job up top. But Bunai, no, the goalkeeper, he's not even first choice at money, He's third choice. So for him to be in the yeah, I mean, he's he's dislodged. Um, is it? I think it's Zindyri was number one for the national team. I saw Ioannou at left back, which again, I don't think we've got any other left back to be fair that can compete with him. There's Wheeler up at, at well, but. Yeah, he hasn't been doing well. Um, but, yeah, look, I, I was happy with the lineup. I was happy with the, with the first half. I think we played very well. Okay, you guys almost took the lead in the first 10 minutes. I don't know how the guy missed that chance. From I don't Six either. yards out. Um, but, it, you know, it's going to lead me on to my next question to, to you in the sense that, apart from Yago Maggi, I can't think of any other striker you guys have got that's half decent.
0: Uh, well, you know, that's... Duvika is, has been doing well at club level, and this is always the thing, our strikers always seem to do, like Pavlidis, Duvikas, uh, even Yakumakis, they all do well at club level, but then at the national team level, we just seem to get all of these opportunities. And I'm sure when I look at the XG, it's going to be, like, close to two, but of course we scored nothing. This always seems to be the case uh, with with Greece. It's either, well, with JVS, it was, we couldn't finish, and we didn't get a lot of chances. But now, with Poyet, at the very least, we're getting chances. It's just, we should be finishing more of them. And that's really the thing here. Uh, nor And the funny thing is, until this game, maybe I jinxed it, but we were, we still are, even with the goal, we're still the best defense in League C. But that was the thing that we were touting was the return of the defense, of the Greek defense under Poyette. Because JVS, it was leaky. It was a leaky bucket. Goals coming in from everybody. Kosovo was scoring against us. You name it. Everybody was scoring against us. But in since Poyette took over, it's been pretty tight. Very few opportunities allowed, very few good opportunities until today. Maybe maybe concentration, maybe the players are thinking, look, we won this already so that they weren't thinking about it. But that was something that maybe was a little bit different for us today. Other than that, with the lineup, my preference is for, at, at the very least generally, if when you've already qualified for something, I like to see more rotation. I want to see names I haven't seen. Uh, I want to see people that maybe wouldn't normally get an opportunity to see if they can prove something. But given the context with what we've gone through as Greek fans, Greek soccer fans, or Greek football fans, I should say, sorry, uh, when we've gone through a couple of coaches now and we've just looked terrible, too much experimenting, I was okay with him saying, you know what? I want to keep what we have going, keep the form, and stay with the same 11, go with a strong 11. Okay, I understand that. But then when you lose the game like this, like, well, yeah. Maybe we should have. But whatever. I mean, it is what it is. How many games has he been
1: in charge now? This is his fifth game. Fifth game. Fifth and did, you, did you notice anything different um, with your playing style tonight in comparison to the other four games? Uh, well, for me tonight,
0: at least, so normally in the previous four games that we played, Bacacetas was not a central role in build-up or, or in creation. And... I noticed today, I mean, I always watch the games a second time because, you know, the first time I'm just focusing more on the result and what's happening versus actually the movement going on. But it felt to me today that they were trying to get like he was things were going into him a little bit more in the middle. And this was the problem with JVS when we did that and we put the onus on him to create. This is when we started to fail because he's not a creative guy. He does a lot of other things. Well, he's got a cannon of a shot. He also is very accurate passing. He can move the ball and distribute it well, but he does right here what's in front of him. He, he doesn't – and the unfortunate thing is, you know, as much as it, that's disappointing, it's not like we have a lot of other options around there for the moment. So, you know, no Limnion, no Dimitri was who is very, doing very well for us under Poyette, but he has a really nasty injury. Uh, ACL, if I remember correctly. So very nasty. So lost him. And then we're playing Belkas, who can play on the wing, but he's also more of a tennis as well. And he's here and there. There's a reason he's going to hall, uh, and you saw it today. But the, the, I saw a little bit more of the team kind of going back to, uh oh, let's let's see. Bacasetas is becoming more the center of the attention with possession. And again, when I rewatch this, I could be wrong, but that's how it felt to me at least today when he was on the field.
1: Well, you know the first. Half an hour. So, let's say like the first half. It just seemed to me that you were having more luck in wide areas because there was more emphasis on on getting the ball wide because we were suffocating you in the middle of the park. It became very, became very pedestrian at times. And look, it didn't help with the amount of times the referee was blowing for free kicks. I think. Look, for us, it was a, it was a, it was a typical Get Spire performance. You grind out uh, a victory. And you take the sting out of the game by pl- players going down, holding their legs, holding their faces. It, it, it was typical. But there was a lot of emphasis on on working hard and getting bodies back in numbers. I mean, Soderi was tracking back. You know, he, was, he was our centre-forward and he was getting into the central midfield area to, to try stop the ball. And as I said, you're getting more luck in wide areas. Uh, the overlaps from your full-backs, Bulldog and Simicau was brilliant. And at, at one point, it looked like you went through at the back first half um, to push your full-backs further forward. But again, I just think it was a scrappy game. Uh, what I did like seeing with you guys is there was a lot of one-touch passing, a lot yeah. of movement, and you can tell there's a lot of uh, South American influence with that one-touch pass, one-touch pass. It wasn't hold onto the ball. I think it was only the centre-backs that held onto the ball for longer than, than you'd have liked. Um, but again, when, when you're building from the back, you're going to see that. I think in the first half, your goalkeeper had more touches than, than our one, but that's that's normal when you're playing the ball backwards, sideways, trying to you know recycle possession and 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 start again. Um, but you know, we could have been three up if you think about it. Yeah. You know, in the first half, chance, yeah, yeah, we had, had the chance, Johnny's had the, he scored the goal, then Sodrio had the chance. I think. If I, can, if I remember right, you had the disallowed goal. There's a f- chance in the first five minutes and there was the save from Banahi in the second half, which Gastanos gave you the ball. But apart from that, I can't remember you guys seriously threatening us. Um, and I think that should be a bit of a cause for concern. But is it really necessary to, to start pressing the alarm button? Because, you no, know, you've already won the group. It was probably a game that, Noah really wanted, in all fairness, because, you know, well, listen, I, like I said, I don't like the international breaks, especially after my team wins a game and you've got yeah. that momentum going and all of a sudden your players go on international duty, you risk injuries, you risk fatigue. I and mean, Lee, one of our strikers that came off the bench, he's been out for the past four or five weeks with a hamstring problem. And he came on against uh, Baralini at the weekend and he played 10, 15 minutes And he played 10, 15 minutes tonight, which is great for him because he gets a bit of that match fitness back. But what if the hammy goes? What if it goes again? That pitch was heavily watered as well. If you watch Johnny's goal, when Gasol plays the ball, if you watch the the turf, you're seeing water spraying up from it because they heavily water it before the game, at half-time and at full-time. So you obviously want the ball to run, but what impact does that have on on the players from a muscular uh, perspective Players might be slipping and sliding. You could do your ACL if you're yeah. t- your starts to get caught in the turf. You know, again, I'm, I know I'm digressing here, but while it's good to see youngsters get minutes in Humboldt, you know, one of our players came off the bench. You know, kids scored the high-pressure penalty to win us the cup last season. Um, it's great to see him get some minutes for the national team. Garot came off the bench, who he's had an indifferent time at Abuel after coming from uh, Portugal. Uh, Goggitz came off the bench, which was good to see. Um, he didn't play centre back, which has been his normal position for the for the national team. He played more like a right winger or anything, which is a bit strange. Um, yeah, so look, we didn't expect to win the game. We did. I think the players worked very, very hard. It was a typical Ketspire performance, as I said before. Very scrappy, very physical, hitting teams on the counter attack, using your your pacey players if you do have them, and. Um, yeah, just just try and grind out a victory. What you have, you hold, and I think we did well to do that. But we can't play this way against. Uh, I think it's Kosovo we've got next, if I'm not mistaken. We can't play that way against them because they'll they'll do us in. It's just there's no two ways about it. And I, I fear that we're going to go five at the back again. But we're Cyprus, man. Like, what, what do you expect? You, can, you know, can expect yeah. anything really. Yeah,
0: I understand. Well. Uh, we said it wasn't going to be a, a long show today, so let's just do man-of-the-match coach's grade and then we'll lock it up here. Stell, I'll let you go first. You guys were the win. Man-of-the-match coach's grade. Who was it for Cyprus?
1: Uh, I think Gastonov. I've got to give it to him. i got to give it to him, especially for that first-half performance. I think he really stepped up. Um, there were some times where I felt like pulling whatever hair I've got left, pulling it out because, you know, he, he gave the ball away cheaply. Um, but he was winning free kicks. He was slowing the game down. He got the assist. Almost got gave you guys an assist as well. But yeah, that, that was the best performance I've seen from him in a, in a long time. Uh, as for the coach's grade, look, I, I'll, I'll give Ketspire a, a nine on the basis that we kept the clean sheet. We won the game and um, the substitutions didn't cost us. So yeah, that's it.
0: Yeah. Uh, what about coach's grade? Ket's oh, fire. Just said that. Because yeah.
1: Oh, and he yeah. and he had he kept tucking in his shirt, so he wanted to look yeah. presentable. So I'll I, saw you know. that. <laughs> I
0: was like, "This guy, this guy he's got get a different shirt." You you know, um, Ketspires
1: losing the plot when he goes from suit to tracksuit. That's yeah. when you know he's cracking up.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that that part got me. That was that was hilarious. For me, it's always tough to do this when we lose because, like, there's I don't know, there wasn't anybody that like stood out. At, at the very least, you know what I mean? I can think of Baldock. He had a couple of great uh, crosses, great runs down the wing. Zimikas as well. Um, I mean, and that's that's where I'm at. You know what I mean? I'm here giving a defender man of the match because I can't think of any anybody in the midfield that I thought really deserved it. Definitely not Tuvikas or Belkas. I thought those guys were, they missed too many opportunities and didn't do enough. Masuras like didn't give the ball up a lot, but he didn't do anything great. He had that one, uh, that one run and like move that was in the box in the first half, but then he ends up losing the ball. I don't know. Uh, I, maybe I, I'll just give it to Tsimikas, I think uh, a couple of nice take ons, decent crosses at least. He did get cut through on the goal. It was him and Kazi Diakos when um, was it Castanos that played the through ball into. Yes, yeah. Yeah, so I mean may, I, that technically was his guy, he should have been tracking back, but maybe I'll give it to maybe I'll give it to uh Baldock then um for some of the runs he had going forward. Uh coach's grade. Look, I I was I I was okay with the lineup when it started and it made opportunities, so like he can't score the goals for them, you know, and then we had oppor- we had a couple of opportunities in the second half as well, the disallowed goal. But you don't win, so he doesn't get a great grade. But I'll give him a B minus. And I think uh, I think that's fair, all things considered, with the context of the match and what we actually needed from it. But, uh, yeah, in the end, it is what it is. We have a, the the final game against Northern Ireland. And then we close the we close the group out. So, Stell, you got anything else you want to tell anybody? Anything cool for No Chuff Desk coming
1: up that we should look out Oof. for? Um... Shall I say it? Fuck it. Okay, so next week, or shall I say, this this coming week, um, we've got. Okay, well, it's not being it's not being cemented, but I've been told that it's going to be moved to next to, to this coming because I was meant to do this show the other day, but it was postponed. So we've agreed to move it to, to this coming week. Um, we're having a former upwell striker uh, join us on the pod. And people are like, oh, my God, it's an Ammonia podcast. And this guy played for Abuel. His name is Gustavo Manduca. Played for Ajax in, in Athens, as you know. Played okay. at Benfica. Um, you know, scored a lot of important goals for Abuel. Was very instrumental in the club, reaching the quarterfinals of the Champions League. Uh, scored the famous goal against Lyon, which took the game to penalties. I think he scored against Porto, against Ajax. He's played alongside some phenomenal players. As you know, Rivaldo being one of them. He was at Grêmio with uh, Ronaldinho. Um, in fact, he spent some time at Helsinki with uh, Mikael Forsell and Rihilati and my friend Shekikuchi. Um, and obviously, under Jovanovic, uh, Abuel. So that's going to be quite a controversial one for us. But at the same time, I've, I've known the guy for a few months now and he's very professional. He lives in Turin. He works as a football agent. Um And look, rivalries aside, you know what we're like with the podcast. While we're very close to the bone with our content, the things we say, we try to keep it as professional as we can with our guests. And that's one of the reasons why we've had so many brilliant ones. We're we're waiting for the backlash. We anticipate there being a backlash from both Ormoni and other world fans. But listen, talk good about us, talk bad about us. You're still talking about us. So, you know, so yeah, hopefully Thursday or Friday, hopefully all being well no
0: well, keep an eye out guys remember follow them at chasteel on instagram you can check out no Trop des as well on youtube uh check out the podcast it's usually brilliant it's hilarious uh i get a kick out of it every time i listen to it so. <laughs> <laughs> anyway thank you guys if you haven't done so already don't forget to like and subscribe to help us continue to grow the red white community and the blue and white community as well Four
1: thousand followers on instagram come on
0: <laughs> if we did, we hit 4000 Oh, and what? don't forget, guys, the giveaway. You got about a week left, seven days left for the giveaway. The directions are on our Insta page. Tag two of your, your mates. Follow on Instagram and sub on YouTube, and you're entered to win the Marcelo jersey. Another giveaway is going to be coming a little bit after that, so we're going to be doing a lot more of these guys, so stick around. More stuff's coming. And until next time, this is Gate 7 International by the fans for the fans. See you guys.